This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, week two in the NFL, a week that was pretty entertaining. Pretty entertaining. In fact, the one o'clock slate was really solid. The four o'clock slate, eh, outside of the late second half heroics on the Giants part to save their season, not so much interesting going on. The Washington-Denver game was... Look, the, the quarterback play is so bad or was so spotty in that game that, to be honest with you, it's hard to get into these games just because the score is close. But the 4 o'clock slate to me was blah. Cowboys blew out the Jets. That game, they could have gone over 40 points. It was just... Bad, bad slot on Sunday. But the 1 o'clock slot gave you a lot of interesting games, a lot of good games. And we're going to talk about everything today. We're also going to bring on DeJanae Bland. DeJanae, who's been on the show before, covers the Saints. And they're off to a 2-0 start. So we're going to bring him on because we picked the Saints to be an over this year in our picks and they're off to a 2-0 start a game that I thought that they would lose outright I did have Carolina in the Sergio Rodriguez picks getting the three points it ended up being a push in fact the picks this week 4-2-1 9-3-1 on the season before we get started triangle link Triangle Link is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at trianglelink.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592. Paramus Driving School. Safety and professionalism begins with Paramus Driving School, serving the North Jersey area like no other. Contact them at paramusdrivingschool.com or call them at 201-986-8300. Thursday night, Philly, Minnesota started the week. Philly's now 2-0, Minnesota's 0-2. And look, if you're Minnesota, well, look, let me say this about Philly first. They're 2-0, they haven't been sharp. They have not been sharp. If they would have played someone better one of those two weeks, probably lose one of those two games. But they're 2-0. and And in this league, take it and move on. Minnesota's 0-2. And I will tell you that if they want to save their season, they better go 2-0 and with San Diego and Carolina the next two weeks. Otherwise, season's over for the Vikings before, before October Hits the calendar. Buffalo, after a rough week one with the Jets, pounds the Raiders 38 to 10. And 
look, Josh Allen is going to have games like he did last week against the Jets. He just is because they're always asking him to be Superman. And I think that some people got a little, uh, a little crazy about, about criticizing him about the way he played. They started bringing up his turnover numbers, but the fact is that his turnover numbers fall into their style of play. That's just the way it's going to be. I mean, in that same period, in those games where he's turning the ball over twice a game, he's scoring three, four touchdowns, sometimes five. And that's just the way he's going to play. And that's just the way he is. Because that's the way he's being asked to play. What he's got to stop doing is jumping up in the air for for four yards and trying to get four or five yards and falling three yards short. That's what he's got to stop doing because he ends up getting hurt. Dallas officially wins the New Jersey State Championship. There's going to be a parade for them in Trenton. After winning 38-10 to 10 and a combined 70-10 to 10 in the two games against the Giants and the Jets. Both second halves, they've cruised. They could have put 55 or 60 on the Jets, on the Giants. They could have put easily 40-something on the Jets. Neither team could do anything offensively. The Jets, if you want to say, they, they were a play away from hanging in the game when Gardner dropped the interception. I mean, I guess you could say that, but the fact is they just could not have been able to play four quarters with a team like the Cowboys right now. They are not at that level because they're not getting that type of quarterback play. And to play four quarters with an elite team in the NFL, which to this point the Cowboys have been, and we got to see, there's a lot of football, and Dak, Dak can be Dak, right? But to play football at an elite level or versus an elite level team, you got to be able to play four quarters. And right now, the Jets can give you three quarters of defense because they'll either get tired or the other team will just have too many possessions. And they can probably only give you three drives that are solid. They're going to have to figure something out. Because Zach Wilson's got better talent than what he's playing. Change the offense, the play calling. Something's going to have to give. Otherwise, yeah, this season's going to be a total disappointment for them. And I know to a lot, the disappointment began when Aaron Rodgers went down. But there's a lot of teams that have been able to stay afloat with a backup. Baltimore, 27-24 over Cincinnati. Good job by Baltimore to go get that W. Cincinnati will not have to go. Well, look, th- their next four games are the Rams, Tennessee, Arizona, and Seattle. They can definitely go 4-0. But I will say this. Joe Burrow has not been sharp. Not at all. But I'm going to tell you that the biggest issue they're having is their their inability to run the ball. Game one, 75 yards. Game two, 66 yards. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. 
they have to be able to create some type of balance to let Joe Burrow play his game. The Chiefs, 17-9 over the Jags. The Jags blew a chance to be considered serious in, 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 in the AFC. And look, we all knew that they were Team 5 or Team 6, maybe Team 7. But Kansas City was ripe to get beat. The defense on Jacksonville's part was phenomenal. As good as you can be against Mahomes. And they still lost. The offense could not muster up enough to get it done. They're going to win that division. So they're going to be a top four seed. But they had an opportunity there to stamp themselves as a real contender if they won that game and put the Chiefs in an 0-2 hole. They let them breathe. Titans, 27-24 over the Chargers. Herbert, 27 for 41, 305 and two touchdowns. Vikings and Raiders before Dallas and Kansas City for the Chargers. Season on the line next week. Hard enough to make the playoffs at 0-2. They get bailed out a little because Kansas City lost week one. But hard to make the playoffs at 0-2. But here you go. You're getting a reprieve. Vikings, Raiders. One of the two teams, either the Vikings or the Chargers, will have their season end by the time I do the show next week. Atlanta, 25-24 over Green Bay. They're off to a 2-0 start. Down 24-12. They come back. Green Bay's last three possessions. Punt, punt, turnover on downs. They had an opportunity to beat Atlanta on the road. And they blow it. They don't do anything. They can't even muster up a field goal. And that's how they end up losing that game. Atlanta off to a nice 2-0 start. And a lot of people expected them to be better. We have to look at Atlanta's schedule to really figure out if they can get anywhere near, anywhere near, a playoff scenario because when you when you start off 2 and 0 you put yourself in a good spot now look they have to go to the lions next week and the lions are not going to be happy and then they have the jaguars but they do then have the underbelly of their schedule five games in a row texans commanders tampa bay the titans the vikings arizona I mean, they could really do some damage. And then after that, Saints and Jets, Tampa Bay again, Carolina. They don't really play anybody. I mean, with their schedule, with their schedule, they can really get to the playoffs. Seattle 37-31 over Detroit. A week after the Rams lost, big time, big time effort. And here's what I'll say about Seattle. Pete Carroll continues to prove why at his age, he's still one of the better coaches in the NFL. That team was not prepared to play week one against the Rams at home. They lose. Total embarrassment. 
A week later, they turn around. They go to Detroit, who had 11 days to prepare. Because remember, they played on Thursday night to open up the season. After they had beaten Kansas City, they go there and they beat them. Big time win, big time effort, saves their season. And Detroit, another team who we expect to be good this year, has to be better on defense. You can't play a team like Atlanta, I'm sorry, like Seattle, and allow them to go for 393 and zero turnovers. Not if you're a good team. Not if you're the team that we think you should be this year. Indy, 31-20 over the Texans. Richardson leaves the game again with a concussion. He was playing well again, but for the second week in a row, leaves the game with an injury. That's something to keep an eye on. We always say it, and it sounds like a cliche, but the best ability is availability. And right now, two weeks in a row, he's left the game. Tampa Bay, 27-17 over Chicago. The Bucs are 2-0 under Baker Mayfield. The Bears are 0-2. The only thing that comes out of this game that I want people to keep an eye on is this. How long before the Bears fans, like my cousin Jack, turn on fields and get impatient? That's what you're going to look for over the next couple of weeks with the Bears. Giants, 31-28 over Arizona, down 20-0, down 28-7. They make a comeback. Look, you're going to be happy that you saved your season because if they lost that game, season over. Now, let's be clear. They're not making the playoffs, but when I mean season over, nothing to really sell and play for. Because they're probably only going to get to like seven wins. Eight if they're lucky. But you saved your season. The head coach would have been on the hot seat even after last year. Because for whatever reason, Giant fans actually expect this team to be good. And then a week after the debacle at home on opening night with Dallas, if you would have gone and lost to the worst team in the league, it's bad enough that you were down 20 nothing and 28-7. I mean, the win mask puts deodorant over the stench of the way that they actually played for half of that game. But they at least saved face coming back and winning that. Now they got the short turnaround at the 49ers, and Barkley's out three weeks. 49ers, 30-23 to 23 over the Rams. The Rams dominated time of possession, had more yards, more first downs, but those two turnovers killed them in this game. At 17-17 and at 27-20, 49ers, two turnovers that they're not good enough to come back from in a game against the team as high-powered as the 49ers are. But they played well. And the Rams are playing better than a lot of people thought they were going to be, including me. Washington, 35-33 over Denver. 
Denver blows a 21-3 lead, just like Arizona. That's what bad teams do. Washington, 2-0 now. They'll be 2-2 in, in, in another two weeks. They have the Bills and at Philadelphia. So I expect them to be 2-2. Two two. Now, here's the thing with Washington and why they can hang in with Dallas and Philly. Not that they're as good as them. They are not. They're, they are, in fact, nowhere near the caliber of Philly and Dallas. But the schedule is a great equalizer for them. The Bears at Atlanta at the Giants. Three winnable games. Philly again. But now you're done with one of the two teams in your division that are better than you. Then the next three games, Pats, Seattle, Giants again. So after the Bills and Philly, six of the next seven games, they will be just as good or better than any one of those teams. And then obviously you get Dallas on Thanksgiving. Miami, 24-17 over the Patriots. Kudos to Miami. I thought they were going to go there and get beat. And they solved the two things that I told you last week I did not like about the Dolphins. They solved quickly. And that's coaching. A, Mostert, 18 for 121 and two touchdowns. I told you they need to run the ball if they want to be good. They did it. I also told you they needed to stop the run. They held the Pats to 88 yards. If Miami does those two things, Miami will be a tough out in the playoffs. Pittsburgh 26-22 over Cleveland. On a Monday night, there were actually two Monday night games. Cleveland loses Chubb to a broken leg out for the year. They said it was a significant injury. Sucks to hear that. But Cleveland also realized that they have an issue at quarterback. And they have an, a very expensive issue at quarterback. Watson, last year when he came back, I, I've always been anti-Deshaun Watson. Not because I didn't think he was serviceable. I've always told people, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, two guys, that you can't have on your roster because you got to pay them like elite-level quarterbacks, and they're not. And everybody went crazy that I'm nuts, that Deshaun Watson is the truth, that he's this, that he's that. He came back last year, and he was garbage. And the explanation by his, by his defenders was that, well, he missed a year. We have to give him time to get ready, an offseason, blah, 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 blah. Well, you had... You've played about a half a year since you came back and you had the offseason. And he's still trash. He's still com completing damn near 55% of his passes in a league where you complete close to 70. And he makes no plays outside of the ones that he runs on. Makes no plays with his arm. I told you he was a dome quarterback who was an empty calorie quarterback. He was a stat pattern. Taking advantage of a terrible division. 
and everyone fought me on this. Everyone. Everyone in the media claims this guy is an elite quarterback. And most of the people that I speak to think this guy is an elite level quarterback. And he's proven me right. That he's just another guy. And he's another expensive guy. And joining me right now, an NFL reporter, a podcaster, a guy who covers the NHRA. I mean, this guy does everything, but the one thing he does better than anybody else is speak about the New Orleans Saints. My friend, Dujanae Bland. How are you, Dujanae? Oh, man, I'm doing good. How about yourself? Hey, man. Cowboys are off to a nice start, so I'm happy. Already the New York State champs. I just said we're gonna we're gonna go to the Capitol to have a uh, a parade since we already beat the Giants and the Jets. I shouldn't even say beat; we beat down the Giants and the Jets. It was a throttling for sure. You know, you know the funny thing is that both second halves, both they were on cruise control. They could have hung yeah. up a fifty spot or a sixty spot on the Giants that night, and they could have I hung up they- at least forty mid-40s on the Jets. Indeed. I really thought they were on their way. Uh, they took their foot off the gas pedal for sure. Uh, you know, give the team a little respect, I guess. <laughs> hey, man, one team that I picked this year in Vegas to be over in wins was your Saints. And, you know, they haven't disappointed. Now, look, they haven't been sharp. One-point win at home against the Titans. Three-point win last night on the road against a bad Panthers team who got terrible quarterback play yesterday. If if just about two-thirds of the league is quarterbacking yesterday, the Saints lose that game. But they won, and they keep it moving. But give me early on 2-0, give me the good stuff that has gone on in New Orleans? Well, I think you see a reemergence of Michael Thomas, finally. He's finally healthy. Um, you know, you'd like to see him retain more, but I thought he had a pretty darn good catch on the sideline there, which they thought was incomplete, and his butt landed in bounds. That was a heck of a catch. Um, that's stuff that they've been waiting to see from Michael Thomas for a long time, uh, and that's helpful. I like the way that they're using Taysom Hill within the game, um, utilizing his legs and his ability to be able to run, make plays off of these, you know, gadget plays, so to speak. Uh, the defense is playing well, and I think you have a good, you have a good, solid quarterback in uh, in Carr. They just have to clean up some things offensively. Obviously, dropping the ball, um, you know, maybe converting more third downs. Uh, it, it's just little stuff. And, and fortunate enough, we're only two weeks in, so they've got some time to be able to turn this thing around a little bit. I've always liked Carr. I think he's a solid, solid NFL quarterback. And I think that under him, the Saints have a professional, which I think in a lot of ways is something that's missing from about 7 to 12 teams in this league. And the Saints have one. They have a pro, a guy that can make every throw, 
but also a guy that can deal with the ups and downs of a 17-game NFL season. I do believe he will be better. And I don't think he's been bad. I mean, he's only thrown one touchdown pass. He's got a couple of picks. But I don't think he's been bad. And I believe that he's going to be better as he gets more comfortable with not only the setting there in terms of being in a new place, but the players around him, in particular, Alave, who you told me about him before he played his first game. And he's been every bit as good as you build him up to be. Yeah, he's pretty dynamic, and he's really starting to to show it here uh, this this early this season. Um, and it's really taking a load off of, uh, you know, it, it, it creates other avenues for other guys to be able to make plays, and you have a guy like him that is a threat, especially uh, deep, um, and he's a threat to score. So that opens up everything, doesn't allow people to key in on one guy or to try to shade coverage to one side. They really have to respect his ability. And then you have Michael Thomas on the other side. So they have to really respect those guys. And that's going to help out Carr because you're going to have a lot of one-on-one situations. And uh, you know how Carr does a really good job of putting the ball up and allowing uh, his guys to go up and make plays. So, um, I, you know, Alave is really starting to come on. I, man, if he continues this upward trend, he's going to be dangerous by, by midseason for sure. They haven't really played anybody, like I said, particularly right. particularly from the quarterback position. But the defense, under 300 both games, I know that, again, you're not measuring them against elite-level offenses, but we could be sitting here talking about how they have not performed and should have, right? So you got to give them yeah. props for actually going in there and while the offense finds its rhythm, doing enough to win these games. Yeah, that, that, that's really the key. And that's a, a, something that a lot of teams don't have, right? You know, you don't have the ability to have a defense that can kind of hold it down regardless of whether the offense is, um, you know, getting enough points on the board or, they're, they're going three and out, having these short drives. It just seems like the, the Saints defense has been able to pretty much hold serve no matter how sputtery the offense has been. So that's a really good uh, – it's really good for the team because then it allows this uh, offense to kind of get itself together. And hopefully soon, I mean, they've got uh, three games ahead of them that are, are winnable. Uh, the Packers, uh, Bucks, which is a division game, and then the the Patriots, um, those are all winnable. Uh, they just have to go out now and really have to start to find ways to get the offense going and being more consistent. Because as we get later on into the season, you know, a lot of these teams are going to start to come around. Their defenses are going to start to come around, and uh, and so are their offenses. So if you keep putting your hanging your defense out to dry like that, it's going to come back and bite you if you don't get your offense going and start putting more points on the board. Now, you mentioned the next couple of games. Three out of the next four are on the road. And and I will tell you that the Bucks are off to a 2-0 start also. 
I don't buy that. And 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 again, divisional game, so I get it. Anything could happen. But I expect the Saints to win that game. To me, the question is, one out of the they have to get one out of the other three. You seem to feel they could get all three. And I agree with you. I think they're just as good or better than the Saints, Patriots, or Texans. But we know how the NFL works, and we know how teams are three to five points better at home. If right. they All they really have to do, in my opinion, is split the next four games. Because after that, Jaguars at home, that'll be a tough game, but they're at home. Colts, right. Colts Bears, Vikings, Falcons. You know, they could be sitting, they could be sitting really pretty. If they ever go three and one the next four, they're going to be, you can almost punch the playoff ticket. But if they go right. two and two, I think they're going to be fine, Dujanay. I agree. Um, you know, the Packers, uh, you see Jordan Love really, um, I think he surprised a lot of people, but I don't think people really uh, gave him credit for the work that he was putting in. Uh, especially with having Aaron Rodgers. It's obvious he was paying close attention. Uh, so, um, you know, they have a formidable offense, and uh, their defense is pretty good. So that that that's something they're going to have to be mindful of. But like you said, um, Buccaneers I'm not buying just yet, uh, especially with uh, Baker as the quarterback. Um, the Patriots are, you know, they still can sneak up and get you just because of who their coach is. But, I mean, the quarterback position hasn't really shown that they can consistently do some of the things that you would think a previous Patriot team would be able to do. Uh, the Colts are a mess, and um, the Bears and Vikings are, you know, iffy. You don't know what you're getting out of either one of those quarterbacks from week to week. Uh, and we all know Kirk is a is a stat machine in the fourth quarter, win or lose. So. Uh, the real game that I'm really looking at, though, is that that Falcons game. Um, the Falcons looked a lot better than people I thought. Uh, you know, people gave them credit for. And when I looked at the team, if, as long as Ritter didn't turn the ball over, I mean, they've got weapons all over the place. And with their running backs, they they really can uh, create mismatches with all three of those guys, um, especially in the passing game. So that's something that's probably a team that could probably put a little stress on their defense. And the, the Falcons' defense has played uh, fairly well. Um, you know, really probably, you know, almost was able to, um, you know, thought they were going to lose that game against uh, against the Packers. But, you know, they, they were able to pull it out. Uh, offense came through, but the defense really played well. So, yeah, out of all of those, I mean, I think the, I think the divisional game, is, the both of the divisional games are, are going to be tough. But I really do think the Falcons' game is the toughest game outside of, you know, the Jags and and possibly the Packers. What do you see as a an issue with this team right now? Again, 2 and 0, everything looks okay. I after week 1 was a little concerned about the ground game. They solved it more. They 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 realized new coaching staff realized it took them a week to realize that they they have a weapon in Taysom Hill and they can use him. And they did that, and th- what a what, what a surprise! They use him, they give him. He had about eight, nine, ten carries, and he ends up basically turning that run run game 
into a weapon. They went over, uh, they were over around 150 yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't look at the final numbers. I saw uh, after the game, they flashed the uh, they flashed the stats there, but they were around close to 150. But what could be a problem that derails this team? Well, when you look at a lot of things, um, you know, they're going to be at, at some point, I think it's, what is it, game four? Game, game four, five? they get Kamara back, correct. So that that should be very helpful for them. Um, their third down efficiency isn't terrible. It, it, the red zone efficiency is what the problem is. Um, again, you scored, you scored 23 points, and it was a close game up until late uh, against a Panthers team that is completely young and the quarterback position is he's still learning. Um, they should have personally should have dog walked uh, Titans uh, with Tannehill. I understand they got Derrick Henry, but I mean, outside of that, you know, we all know that's where receivers go to die. So And all those um, turnovers. And by the way, they had 134 yards yesterday. But 70, yeah. 70, half of them were Taysom Hill on nine carries. Yeah. So I, I really do think it, it, you're going to have to score more points. There's going to have to be more efficiency in, in scoring in, in the scoring zone um, when you get down there. I think the red zone, they were two for four down there. Um, you you got to convert more. You can't keep putting field goals on the board, and especially when teams that really – aren't that good, at least aren't as, to me, aren't as good as you are, are keeping it close. That's, you do that against good teams, like you said. If they had two formidable quarterbacks on both of these teams, they ought to be, they'd be looking at 0-2 right now. So, credit where credit is due, but just know, they definitely have to be more efficient in the red zone. Otherwise, these other teams, as we get down the road, Green Bay, um, you know, even even uh, the Buccaneers, they're more they are putting points on the board, and if you don't do that and you hang your defense out the drive, you're going to lose close games because you're not executing and getting more six pointers instead of three pointers. Baker Mayfield beats you both last two weeks. You're right, a hundred percent. That's pretty much you know. That's that is the that's the thing around the league, right? I mean, if you allow a team hang on hang around long enough, and you keep going three and out in the second half, guess what? At the end of the game, when things are tight, and you go and you trip over trip over your own feet, they make you pay. And when they make you pay, they make you pay late, and you lose the close game. So um, they definitely have to improve on that end um, because they're they're going to be facing some quarterbacks that are capable of doing just that. Take me around the league here real quick. I'm going to throw a couple of things at you. Give me give me your assessment. Phillies 2 and 0 hasn't been sharp. But the more important story out of that game on Thursday night was the Minnesota's now 0 and 2 and they're up yeah. against it. Their game, Minnesota San Diego, uh, I call them San Diego. That I can call them San Diego for the next 40 years. Yeah. Minnesota and Los Angeles, the Chargers, the loser of that game season's over. Two zero and two teams. Yeah, um, and I hate to say it, but 
the Chargers, their season is going to be over. And uh, the coach they should have fired two years ago will now be on the chopping block. He should have been on the chopping block a long time ago. This has nothing to do with talent over there. It has a lot to do with coaching. Uh, I, I think Kirk Cousins and the boys uh, get it done. Uh, you got a Jefferson that's hungry. They were hungry in that game that they lost. Just ran out of time. Uh, they got it going way too late. So uh, I really think out of those two, it, somebody's going to be losing a coach, and it ain't going to be the Minnesota Vikings. So I expect the Minnesota Vikings to come back and, and get a win against the Chargers team that's just poorly coached. The <laughs> Bengals off to an 0-2 start. Joe Burrow hasn't been sharp. My concern with that team is the ground game. 75 yep. yards game one. 66 yards game two. Where do you see the Bengals? Uh, if Joe ain't playing next week, they're in trouble. I mean, that division is already has the Ravens, who I believe are going to win that division. Um, that that's, that's not an easy division. And, and again, quarterback play is everything. And if you're not going to be able to have a good running game, and then Joe is dealing with the – the calf, and it, will he be able to play? Will he not be able to play? Uh, that's going to be a huge issue. And we all know most teams in this league, probably five teams in this league, have a formidable, a formidable backup quarterback that can go out and win you a couple games. I don't think they're one of them. So uh, they're, they're are in, they are in big, big trouble uh, if, if Joe does not and cannot play and uh, – Regardless if he's out there on the field, they have to find a way to run the football. I don't know what you're going to have to do. You got to be more creative. Uh, you're going to have to do some things differently because right now uh, they're getting locked down. And that's part of the problem of why the offense can't really execute uh, with the pass game because they know you can't run. Correct. They're not even worried about it. So they can play the pass all day. And yeah, Joe Burrow's one of the best to throw it but you know it's real difficult in this league if you don't have another option to go to uh and be able to have some kind of balance and that imbalance really plays into defenses uh in this league i was very impressed with seattle losing last week bouncing back pete carroll got them boys ready they went into detroit a team who had just beaten kansas city and had the long 10 or 11 days to prepare because they opened up that Thursday night, going into Detroit and getting that win. Big, good job by Pete Carroll. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, one of my colleagues, uh, Emery Hunt, uh, czar of the playbook, I asked him at the beginning of the season, of, of last season, is Gino going to be this guy? You know what I mean? We've seen the story for him before. Uh, he came out and performed. And it really shows the growth that that young man has been able to do and sitting behind guys, learning, and now he's executing. Uh, and, again, Pete Carroll, over and over and over again, you think the Seahawks are dead and, and don't really have a lot of players that really stick out to you and that are going to, you know, step up, no stars. But they come out and they make plays, and they are scrappy, um, and, and they fight you till the end. Uh, and, and Gino is just, He's playing. You 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 have to talk about him now as at least top eight quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he's he's playing exceptional. 
um, and, and really, really is showing uh, his growth and his knowledge of the game, uh, making great decisions uh, it, with with the football. Uh, it's really fun to to watch, and it's a cool story from a guy who really kind of struggled early in his career to be able to come out and shine uh, coming into year two. So, yeah, they, they're always going to be tough, man. Uh, Pete Carroll, we, he's a tough guy, and that, that team definitely takes on the personality of their coach. I thought the Steelers would win last week against the 49ers. Not that they're better, not that they're a, 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 a good team. I don't think they're as good as everyone thinks they were going to be this year. But I did believe West Coast going to the East and playing that game with not much of a scouting report with a lot of new faces in Pittsburgh that Pittsburgh could get them. And Vegas did too based on the fact that that line was two and a half. Now, they lose that game, but they bounce back last night. Cleveland has two major issues. One, they lose Chubb. Broken leg, done for the year. But I think their bigger issue is the fact that they keep on realizing that they gave $250 million to a quarterback that can't play. Yeah, he's proven that um, he's the same old guy in Houston. Uh, and I, I we had this conversation before. As correct, fact. correct. I call him uh, uh, empty calorie Deshaun like I call him empty calorie Dak. Guys that put up numbers – but I never looked at the worst kind of quarterbacks to have because you have to pay them like an elite quarterback, and they're not. And he's a guy that, to me, was a bully in the worst division in football, and now you could see that he's just not that guy. No, no. And without this running game, we'll see what Ford can do. I I thought Ford came in, and and he's no chub, but he came in and he uh, made some plays in the run game but was able to help him out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this all rests on the 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 shoulders of uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, uh, as as most you know most teams do, it starts with the quarterback position. And I thought there were plays last night where they should have really walked the dog on the on on the Steelers as well early with the way things were going. But it poor decisions by the quarterback. I mean, you had he throws deep. In the double coverage, it should have been picked off. Knowing darn well there was someone, someone was open five to ten yards down the field instead of throwing the bomb. Um, and, and you see that kind of stuff over and over and over again. They're going to struggle. They should be better than what they are. Um, and, and but without Chubb, I don't know. Maybe you go out and you bring in Fournette. Maybe you bring out. Maybe you bring back Kareem Hunt. I don't know. But um, they need some type of running game. He is no Lamar Jackson. <laughs> He's not going to be able to perform in that way. And he doesn't really have the wheels. Uh, he can run, but he, he's no Lamar Jackson. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. But with uh, the loss of Chubb, I think, I think for the Browns, it, it's, looking, it, it, it gets, it's looking a little grim, man. I, I, I don't. I don't. I am not a believer. Let's put it that way. Last thing, the 49ers have the Giants in Arizona the next two weeks. The Cowboys have Arizona and the Patriots. If both teams are four and zero, which we will expect them to be, right? 
that Sunday night game between the Cowboys and the Giants and the and the 49ers will be the highest rated regular season game probably or most anticipated game probably since Bears Dolphins in 85 agree or disagree I 100% agree you got two uh fan bases that are huge um you know the, and I believe that the 49ers are right there with uh with the uh, Cowboys as far as their fans travel well. Uh, they they're behind their team no matter what. Uh, I, I would even throw Washington in there now. I think the fan base has been resurrected by a new owner. I mean, years ago, you know, they they could be right in that area with the Commanders, being right in that area with the the the, the Cowboys and the Forty ers But uh, I agree. I think you got these two teams coming in two and zero. Four and zero, really. If they go in four and zero. And here's the, and here's the sick thing, I believe that the NFC doesn't even have a top seven or eight quarterback in the NFL. So the fact that the NFL and everything goes right for these guys, but the fact that yeah. the NFL can get a marquee, stellar game in the division or in the conference where none of the top six or seven quarterbacks are, just shows you how NFL's king. Oh, yeah. And, and it really speaks to Kyle Shanahan and his ability to really get the most out of his quarterback. Um, I think he he's he is exceptional at guys who are talented. They are talented. They may not be your, you know, they may not be your elite quarterback, but they can make plays. And Shanahan does a great job of getting the most out of those guys. Um, and Brock Purdy is just just lighten it up, uh, and he's not doing anything special. He's just playing the game the way it needs to be played and not making mistakes. Um, I, you know, for the Cowboys, it's like they haven't they haven't really had an opportunity to really face anyone formidable yet. Um, and I, I'm, I'm still the jury is still out for me on Mike McCarthy and his ability because at the at at, at the at right now, the defense is dominating and putting the offense in such easy position that, you know, we really haven't had to see Mike McCarthy have to call a game where the defense is, you know, they're playing okay, but they're getting scored on. It's a tight game. Uh, it's a lot of on and off the field for both sides. Yeah, they've been able We're to protect Dak, too. They're, I mean, the goal was to protect him from turning the ball over to the volume that he did last year. And not before that. I think Dak has gotten and, – and listen, everyone knows I'm a Cowboy fan, but everybody knows I am not a Dak fan. But I got to be fair to him. Before last year, he did not turn the ball over. He wouldn't – you know, he's gotten a bad rap saying, oh, he's turnover prone. He's not. He had one year. Like, you know, you can relax with that one. Yeah. Um, here's the problem, and I've been saying this his whole entire career. Watched him at Mississippi State. My problem was with the Cowboys' use of him. He is not – Kellen Moore was throwing the ball way too darn much, and that's not what Dak does, okay? Give him a nice running game, let it be balanced, and give him the ability to use a lot of play action, move the pocket a little bit, and Dak can do great things. But he's not going to be Tom Brady or 
or any other quarterback that can go in pass, pass, pass mode, that is a recipe for disaster. And Kellen just didn't get it. That's the only thing that I'll give Mike McCarthy credit for. As of now, and with the way his style is, he's going to run the football and he's going to get Dak comfortable um, and, and not put him in a position where we're coming out of the gate and, you know, first possession of the first quarter, we're coming out, slinging it all over the yard and the three and out, and then come right back and get the ball back and, you know, didn't learn from the first time and go back and go three and out because we're slinging it all over the yard and we're not mixing it up, and we're giving the defense an opportunity to basically just tee off on us. So, um, yeah, I, I think Dak got a, got a bad rap from the fact that he's just executing what's being called for him, and it doesn't, it did not play to what his style really is. And right now, the way the defense is playing, um, it's allowing them to play more comfortable football on the offense. They're really under no stress go out there and execute and make plays. So um, if the defense continues to play like this, uh, it's, it's going to be uh, smooth sailing for uh, the offense. But like I said, I said it last year, should have happened last year, and I'll say it again this year. There's going to be four teams out of the NFC East that go into the playoffs. Four teams? The, the Giants are terrible, bro. They're still going to make it. How are they going to make it? They're, the, the, you saw what happened. You saw what happened this weekend, right? They were supposed to be dead to right, dead to right, gone, and they still come back, tie it up, and win the game. I, I think you're going to see that more often than not. It may not happen in in the division very much, although things like the Giants have the Commanders' numbers, so we'll we'll see how that all works out. But I still think they're going to make it. I think it's four teams that's going to come out of this. Division. I don't think the Giants even get to eight wins. How's that? You know, I can't argue with you because the first game, Lord, I mean, I thought that was like. A I mean, we're going to get happy. They just beat. Yeah. They should have lost to Arizona. Arizona yeah. is the worst team in the league, and they were down twenty nothing and twenty eight seven. Dujane, I'm sorry. I know you and Lake have been big on this four teams from the NFC thing, from the NFC East. I, I, listen, I just, I, I don't see it. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't see it with the Giants. I don't. And honestly, the Commanders got me questioning. If the Commanders had a solid schedule, they're not making it either because they don't have enough yeah. quarterback play. But the, the schedule, like it's going to help Atlanta and it's going to help New Orleans is going to be in their favor. Yeah, definitely. The, the definitely. Giants the Giants last two games against two credible teams. The Cowboys and the Eagles. Yeah. 78 to 7. <laughs> not to mention, I mean, not to mention that last year they didn't beat a team with a winning record on their way to the playoffs. So look, I'm a, hey, listen, one of us will be right. Yeah. Did you I, not- I don't know. All it, right. I, it, the Giants are the, the Giants are the outlier uh, of the division. I do think I do think the Commanders make it. Uh, obviously, the Eagles make it. I don't think the, the Eagles are going to fight this year. It's not going to be as easy as it was for them last year. Well, the schedule's um, different. That's what, and they have yeah, not been sharp the first two games. They haven't. Um, and I think the Commanders find a way. I mean, it's the the team is is 
resilient. I, I, you know, for the first two games, last year's team would have folded up the tent. Like a cheap seat. And it had already been in the locker room thinking about what they're doing this afternoon uh, after the first half or first quarter and a half that they've had in the first two games. Um, I, I really think that they're going to win more games. I, I, I also think Sam Howell doesn't get enough credit um, for what he's doing right now. And I believe that um, they finally have a guy that can, that can get it done. Um, and it's just going to, it's going to be on how healthy can the offensive line stay. And the offensive line, just like everybody else, is learning this new offense. When they, when they got it together, they got it together. When they don't, obviously, it, it looks pretty rough. But I think as the season goes on, they get more seasoned. They get more uh, time in this offense. And I think you see a better performance out of that front offensive line. And that's really all Sam Howell needs. He makes great decisions with the football. And they have plenty of weapons on offense uh, to get the job done. And as uh, B-Rob and, and, and uh, Gibson – with this Eric Bieniemy screen game <laughs> mixed with this run game, uh, I think they're. I think the offense is going to be lethal, more lethal than people expect. I mean, they put up 35 this weekend, um, which ain't seen the Commanders do much of scoring 35 points and 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 putting up big points in first two games in a very 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 long time. Dujanae, where can people listen to your show? Well, we're going to be coming back here soon. Got to, uh, I'm, you know, you know how I am. I want everything to be right. But uh, it will be the Not Bland Show. Uh, you can go to Facebook. You can go to uh, YouTube and subscribe to that. We are looking to try to kick this off in the next two weeks. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to bring in all the heavy hitters. You, uh, Lake, uh, all the great people that do awesome work out here, we're going to have them on the show. And we're going to really showcase uh, the people that we know and the great work that these folks do um, and, and really hit them hard this year. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you can find my work at sportsjourney.com and uh, you can follow me at notbland21 on Twitter. I love talking shot with you guys. Um, you know, football season is so much fun for me. Uh, the chess matches with all these teams uh, and I'd love to chop it up with you guys uh, on Twitter. Dujanae, you're the man. I appreciate you. Thank you for always being a friend. Hey, man. Thank you, too. It's a, it's a blessing to have uh, good people and good friends in this world. That was Dujanae Bland. And don't forget, this week, I'm going to do an Instagram Live for the NFL picks and the breakdown of some of the games. We normally do it at the end of the show, but, to, but this week, we're going to do it on an Instagram Live either Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to the Sergio Rodriguez show, a show unlike any other.